Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we are listening to... Manon. Manon. Not to be confused with... Manon Lescaut. Which is a Puccini opera. This is... By Massenet. Jules Massenet. Jules Massenet. And this is in French. He was French. He was French. The opera's in French. It's the also, librettists were French. The librettists were French, but we almost listened to an Italian version, but we... We did because we were wanted to intrigued do Pavarotti. Pavarotti, and I guess he gets to sing in Italian when he wants to. <laughs> I don't really know what the Pavarotti, story behind that one was, but, uh, but we, we decided to go with the French. It's easier to find librettos in French for this one. True. So we did find that. And so... Yes. Shall we set the scene, Pat? Well... Yes. I mean, just to let people who care about this stuff, it might may just be me, but let people know. It... No, I care. I just don't take the time to... That's why I'm here, Keely. Yeah, that's why you're here. Thank <laughs> God. 1884 in Paris was this opera's premiere at the Opera Comique. Really? Really. So it, it's, it's, it, it, was, uh, it debuted in 1884, and when does the action take place? It, um, well... People can choose to set it whenever they want, but when Massenet first set it, it was in the early 18th century. So 18, sorry, 1721 was when he uh, set it. Right. But uh, it is one of those eternal stories to some degree. Mm -hmm. Some of the societal pressures might be different um, as time goes by, but, but different production companies have certainly set it in different time periods. And and part of the reason that we're doing this is because you saw it recently. Yes, San Francisco Opera did a production of it not too long ago. And I believe you said that they did a different kind of more contemporary setting. It was different than... Did I make that up? I, you know, it's interesting because I went to the opera cold, I'm embarrassed to say. I didn't do a lot of research on it, and so I was just... <gasps> Soaking it up. Scandalous, Pat. Enjoying it. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. And I think they kind of set it in any time. I don't think they nailed down a time. Interesting. Yeah. And I I mean, I could be wrong. And, and you know, I, I take a lot of cues from costumes for timing. And I didn't, I didn't see strong. I mean, certainly they looked not modern. But mm. I think they might, there might have been a bit of variation. Which goes back to your point of this, it, it can be... It's kind of a timeless tale. I know. I might be doing a terrible insult to the people who worked on it by not answering this straight, but it was a lovely, lovely production. <laughs> well, I'm sure that if they hear this, which they probably will, yeah. they're going to be blowing up our email and telling yeah. us. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, the opera premieres in 1884, but it's not an original story, uh, as so many of our operas. It comes from a a very successful pre-existing story. Mm -hmm. It was a novel written in 1831 by Abbe Prévost. So is Abbe Prévost a religious person? Yeah, well, yes. Yes, yes. Abbe. It's a, it's a, t a religious title. Mm -hmm. And so he, but it's very interesting because we have a period of time where one of our characters in this opera becomes an Abbe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a bit of foreshadowing. A bit of foreshadowing. Um, so one wonders, you know, about his life experience, but but I don't have an answer on that one. Um, but it's it it's a ballet, uh -huh. at one, or early in the nineteenth century, uh, mid nineteenth century. It is made into an opera, a French opera, but not Massenet. It's by Daniel Aubert, mm. and um, 
Massenet's opera is 1884, and then not quite 10 years later, in 1893, you get the Puccini opera, Manon Lescaut. Right. Which I feel like I've seen that one, but I don't remember. Is it is it the same story? It is the same story. It's based on the same story, but um, not, I have not yet seen Manon Lescaut, but I'm quite curious to do it because what I've heard is that they focus in on different episodes of the story. The, the little scenes that take place in the Massenet opera are not the same scenes that take place in the Puccini opera. I see. And there's a bit of a different... I mean, they're different styles of composers. Right. And, there's and I suppose the Puccini version is written in Italian. That is indeed true. <laughs> so what else do we need to know before we get back to the music, Pat? Well, let's, let's start. And uh, we are at a place where... Uh, Coaches, stagecoaches will stop for passengers on their way to, from one place to the next mm -hmm. as our, our character Manon will arrive. But before she arrives, there's a bit of a scene at this mm, coach at the, stop. At the coach stop. And uh, we're set in France, correct? Yes. Or like it, you know. Yes. Outside. Yeah. Not in Paris, but we're, we're definitely in France. Okay. We're in, we're, we're in traveling distance of Paris. Okay. Well, is there anything else or should we just have a listen? I, I, think, I think we should... To say that the first song we're going to play is. Go ahead, give us your French. Hors d'oeuvre de choix. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like to think of this as the be our guest song. <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. All right. Yeah. So this is, hors d'oeuvre de choix, which is something about choice. Like have your choice. Well, yes. Everyone's everyone's hungry. Everyone wants a little nibble. Have have, have a little snack. Um, and you're listening to Manon by Jules Massenet on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Well, do you feel refreshed? I do. Yeah? I think, yeah, well, I'm drinking a LaCroix, so <laughs> I feel super refreshed. <laughs> but no snack, huh? No snacks. No I snack. had that before I came. Well, so we've got this scene of a very busy station, and there's porters around, and the innkeeper is serving food, and people are wanting more. It's, it's, it feels festive, it's actually. Bustling. Yeah, it's, it's a busy place. And, uh, and we meet one of our important characters, Lescaut. Lescaut, who is the cousin, cousin of the title character of Manon, right? Um, she has the same last name, even though it's not in the title of the opera. She is also Manon Lescaut. 
Oh, and his name is Lescaux, and then pres- presumably his last name is something else. Or do they just call him Lescaux? That's the one. They just call him Lescaux. So his first name is like Sam or something. His first name is not mentioned. Yeah. So. <laughs> Could be Jules. Yeah, uh, let's pretend Henri. it's that. Oh, you like to say Henri, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to meet Lescaux, and he's he's a kind of a fun-loving guy. He's trying to be serious. He's uh, he has soldierly responsibilities, um, but you know he's gonna he's gonna gamble. He's gonna drink. He's gonna have his fun where he needs to have it. But he has a responsibility coming up because he's there to meet his cousin, his young cousin, who's traveling. Who is traveling on her way to the convent? Ah, uh, yeah. What did she do wrong? Well. <laughs> go to convents for lots of reasons (laughs) but probably what she did wrong is she was um her tastes were veering a little too worldly she was being kind of rowdy she was enjoying herself Mm -hmm. she was a fun loving gal do we know how old she is no teenager probably late teens something like that ish yeah i mean i saw my guess would be somewhere between 16 and 18 but Mm -hmm. i don't have any evidence I, that would just be we're a gonna guess. go with that we're gonna say she's in her late teens she's gonna let's say she's in her late teens it'd be perfect in my mind if she were 19 that would be great because that's kind of on that in-between stage of yeah at any rate shall we meet Manon let's she um she's the she's the ingenue arrived on the scene mm-hmm. and so the her introductory aria is called Je suis encore tout étourdie. I'm still completely dizzy. Étourdi, dizzy. Étourdi is to study. Étourdi is to be dizzy. Je suis encore tout tout étourdie. Her head is a whirl from all the travel and new sights. She's never traveled before. Aww. Well, let's meet her. So we're going to listen to uh, the title character of Manon by Jules Massenet. This is Manon, a young woman who is worldly, but yet traveling on... She's not worldly. She likes the pleasures of the world. Okay. she's She would like to become worldly. She's rowdy. She's a party girl. And uh, this is her singing Je suis encore tout étourdi on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, my God. 
Innocent, not for terribly long, though. I hate to spoil that for everyone. <laughs> what, so what was she saying? She was like, oh, I'm so dizzy. Well, she's she's traveled for the first time in her life. So she's she's not accustomed to all the sights and the signs. And um, it's all very new to her, all the sights and everything. Uh, she's she says, excited. It's my first it's my first trip. So, she's a simple maid. She's a simple maid. Um, and and she's just sort of twirling around her, her cousin, who knows a little bit more about the world. And, mm-hmm. and she's just talking about how this is so different from everything she knows. And she kind of likes it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to go to the convent. Yeah, she's not, she's not real, um, real eager about the convent. And, uh, and we get to meet another character coming up here. Guillot. Guillot. The aging rake, as I saw him described in one source. <laughs> He's a finance guy, right? He's well, he basically he introduces himself and says, you know, I'm really rich. There we go. Yeah. He wants to let her know. He's he may be old, but he's he's got he's got money. Yeah. He's got resources. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> yeah. Hello, pretty young thing. I have I'm money. old. <laughs> but, but I got money. <laughs> yeah. So he 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 suddenly fancies her. Mm-hmm. That never happens either, right? <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add there? <laughs> Just uh, no. Okay, I, you know, Guillot. Guillot. So he, he's a tenor. Tenor. He's a tenor. Yep. I know. Why do I feel like he should be a bass because he's old? No, but he's a because he's a baddie. Because he's an aging rake. So that's Guillot. And he's not alone. He has a friend with him. 
a younger, more handsome friend. Maybe not as rich, but very handsome. De Bretigny. Yes, a baritone. Mm-hmm. De Bretigny, who uh, doesn't seem terribly important at this moment when we meet him, but he will become more important. And then there are the three lovely actresses who flit around them all. Poussette, Javotte, and Rosette. Yes, and I just love those three because they're, they're a threesome who are kind of a unit. They're just, right. They just, they're... They're together. It's interesting that when you have these female characters that are like kind of like the chorus, there's always three of them. You ever notice that? Yeah. Oh, and here they are. Should we listen to them? Yes, please. Well, anytime the three actresses sing, I'm all ears. I just love listening to the, the close melody. It's two mezzo-sopranos and one soprano. Nice. It's very nice. It's very nice. Okay, so Grier doesn't just look at her. He's like, oh, what do we have here? Meow. Exactly, exactly. And uh, she's young. She's innocent. She's enjoying the new sights and sounds and possibilities of this world that she's getting to see, mm-hmm. which I think the plans were her for her were to only see it briefly en route to the convent. But um, will it surprise you to hear she never makes it to the convent? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Duh. <laughs> she never makes it to the convent. And uh, her first challenge is Guio, uh-huh. who says, oh, sweetie, I can show you life. I hey. can, I've got a carriage. You just... Stick with me, kid. Exactly, exactly. And he says he arranges a carriage, mm-hmm. and um, and she's she's resisting. I mean, he's because mom told her not to accept rides from strangers. Yeah, and besides, he's he's like old. a creepy guy in a van. He's got a creeper van. <laughs> he's got his creeper van parked outside. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> and um, before long, we have a. Uh, <laughs> the not fabulous chaperoning cousin come right, back because he's probably drunk. <laughs> he's been I mean, let's just be and honest. <laughs> and what was her mother thinking? <laughs> we, there's no reference to her parents whatsoever in this. Her only family member is this Lisco, not very successful chaperone. Her cousin Lisco. I want to hang out with them. <laughs> Well, he's got some advice. When he comes back and he realizes maybe she's been doing things she shouldn't have been doing or talking to people she shouldn't have been talking to, he uh, he says, look me in the eyes. I've got some advice for you. Right. Shall we listen to him saying that to her? Yes. So this is Lescaux in uh, Manon on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Pas une parole. 
Well, our fabulous chaperone has has said you know, he's got just, some knowledge bombs there. He's got some words of wisdom. <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> don't budge. Be nice. Don't forget. I he says I am the guardian of the family honor. Oh God. And if by we're all doomed, right? We yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> if by any chance some rash person should make a frivolous proposal to you, like hey, I got a white creeper van outside, <laughs> like that. He said, don't say a word. Don't say a word, because whatever you say, it'll be wrong. So just nothing. Say nothing. (laughs) That's encouraging. (laughs) And he says, I've got to go for a minute. You just sit here and be a good girl. Don't budge. Oh, jeepers. I'm just going to go up and see my friend Steve. We're just gonna <laughs> well, right at the end when you heard, you heard him say <laughs> and a beer, just stay oh, here. It's worse. It's worse. Oh, when he, it, we, he he kind of he said, "Okay, all right, she's settled. You know, I've told I've told her to sit and stay." Oh God! And and then when you heard him say "maintenant," he says, "Okay, and now let's see which one of us the goddesses of gambling will choose to flirt with." So he's he's like, "Just stay there. I've got something really important to do, and it's gambling." Right. So, yeah. And then he turns back. Just don't budge. Be nice. Be good. Be a good girl. Right. And then she's sitting here singing about, I'm I'm sitting here, puis qu'il le faut. Just as I should. Just as I should. Just as she's, and so she's, she's there and she's kind of daydreaming, enjoying herself. And, um, well, you know, after he's the three seen, ladies come over. The three ladies come over, and they're like, they look so fabulous to her. Mm. They're so pretty, and they have nice hair and makeup and clothes, and she wants to be like they mm-hmm. are. They look like they're having such a good time. But at any rate, of course, because her cousin has seen her with a man, he sets her straight, but he leaves again because he's a fabulous chaperone. Mm-hmm. Well, needless to say, another man appears. Right. And this is... Des Grieux. Des Grieux. And is he actually a good guy? Well, let's hear him introduce himself, shall we? Oh, sure. Okay, so let's go ahead and we'll listen to the introduction of the Chevalier des Grieux. Chevalier, by the way, meaning a title of nobility. Yes, it's like he's, a he's chevalier. Is like, well, cheval is horse, Right. Well, it's like he's saying he's a knight. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a knight. He's of high birth. Or if you're in Wyoming, you're a cowboy. Chevalier. They are not in Wyoming. <laughs> right. Well, we can, a girl can dream, Pat. Come on. <laughs> so this is a 
in this production, who it's not. It, well, this is in the production we originally were going to listen to. It was Pavarotti. This is the leading man. This yeah. is the leading man, the Chevalier de Grieux, who's coming to steal Manon's heart in uh, Act One of Manon, fun opera for everyone. captures her heart. He does capture her heart, but but not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, oh. he begins his introduction of himself by saying how excited he is to be going home to see his father. He's just so happy about that. And then he sees a young, lovely ingenue mm. <laughs> waiting patiently. Obediently. She's sitting and staying. Not budging, not saying a word, and... Certainly and not getting into any creeper vans. No creeper vans. And he says, when he sees her, Good heavens, is this a dream? Is this madness? Where does this feeling come from? Mm. He asks himself. Mm. <laughs> One might say my life is ending, or is it just beginning? I mean, he's fallen hard, and she hasn't even spoken to him yet. And he says, it seems as if an iron hand were leading me straight to her. He can't resist. Mademoiselle, he asks. And she's like, yes, what? So, A number one, she's not keeping quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not listening to the fabulous advice of the A number one chaperone. A number one superstar. <laughs> yeah, not, not really listening so much. He's um, gambling. Yeah, but they, so the two of them, they basically, it's love at first sight. They fall in love. De Grieux uses words like, it's an overpowering spell, you're the mistress of my heart. And um, and Manon lets him know, I'm only a poor girl. 
I, I'm not bad, but my family accuses me of liking pleasure too much. <laughs> He's like, well, that sounds horrible. And she says, and now I'm being put into a convent. And there you have the story of Manon Lescaut. By the way, remember that line, because that, in fact, will be the last line of the opera as well. Really? Yes. Well, the, close. And thus ends the story of Manon Lescaut. Mm-hmm. But so at this point, she's she, her whole story is like, family says, I like pleasure too much. They're sending me off to the convent. So... Then she meets Grieu. She meets Grieu. She falls in love. He falls in love. And they decide they're going to go to Paris. They, you know, they say they should go to Paris. To Paris, and Manon has this brilliant idea. She goes, "Hey, I know where there's a coach, just waiting to go somewhere. Let's go use it." Oh, is that the the, the old the guy? Creeper the creeper van. van. That's the creeper. And she's like, "Hey, let's go get in the creeper van." Without the creep. Without the creeper. <laughs> yeah, totally. Nice. So they so they conspire to take his uh, mode of transport. They're going to hijack <laughs> the carriage. <laughs> They're going to hijack the carriage and go to Paris and run away from it all and be together. Sounds like a good idea. Kind of a sharp left turn from heading to the convent. But she wasn't ever going to really go there anyway, so... Well, that's where she was on her way to. But she didn't really want to. I mean, that wasn't her idea. But the world's best chaperone didn't do a good job of Thank getting her onto the next coach. Go. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they're just like they're saying, "Hey, let's get going, and we're gonna go adventure." And should we just listen to some of that? Actually, let's listen to Lesco when he comes back and they are gone. Oh, yeah, let's listen to that one. Right. So this is Plus un sol, le tour est très plaisant. Well, yes, he says he says not a penny left. The trick is very funny. Well, of course he's referring to his lack gambling. of success in gambling. And by the way, he looks to be stinking drunk. Oopsies. Yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, Lescaut in Manon by Jean Massimi. Je peux 
Because um, Guillaume is made to look rather foolish. Because he left the creeper van unattended. <laughs> so they've, they've escaped. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time my best friend in New York tried to abscond with a police van? Oh, no. She actually, she got no. in the police. She's so lucky she didn't get arrested. Very lucky. Anyway, she tried to abscond, not in a creeper van, but a police van. But I digress. <laughs> so they're all they're all just having a great laugh at um, Guillaume's expense because the old the aging rake, mm-hmm. uh, because he's he's like got this everything all set, and off goes his carriage, and he's uh he's you know Lisco, where's the girl? I just and Lisco's like, right. what did you do with my cousin? Like, I was a really bad chaperone, but you still shouldn't take her. And he's like, if I took her, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> and, right. And the three actresses come in and they're just making fun of it all. And and Buddy um, uh, Bretigny mm-hmm. just comes in and laughs at Guyot because his schemes end in nothing. And he's having a fun time. <laughs> I feel like I know a couple guys like Guyot. They're usually fun, but at the end of the day, they have a creeper van. So, <laughs> Yes. Well, it doesn't end. But well. he doesn't have a he doesn't have it anymore because uh Yeah, he'll get it back. Manon and the Chevalier de Grieux. Yes, the handsome young chevalier. Took off with it. Okay. They and so, took off. So so here we have I mean let's let's not be let's make sure we're clear about this because de Grieux, the chevalier, is a nobleman's son. Mm-hmm. His father, Comte de Grieux, is not going to be pleased that he ran out with this little nobody. Mm-hmm. If you're from an aristocratic family, the yeah. expectation is you will marry within you're your You're not picking class. up some girl at a train station who's on her way to a convent and being like, let's go to Paris. Right. And let's 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 be clear about what it means for her to run off with a man. Right. Right. Her she's, honor is. She's, you know, this honor of the family yeah. that. Her reputation is besmirched. Big time. Big time. Did you like that use of besmirched? I did. I did. I was surprised I pulled that one out. Oh, I wasn't surprised a bit. Oh, oh, Pat, you flatter me. <laughs> so then we uh, make our way into Act Two. Act Two. So that's the end of Act One. And yep. then where do we begin Act Two? In the petite little flat that the the young lovers have. Ooh. So they shacked up? Like they actually got an apartment together, or are they just there like it's a hotel? No, they shacked up. 
Oh, on the Rue Vivian. Yes. In Paris. Yes, they have a little a little flat in Paris, a little tiny flat, and yes. they are blissfully in love for oh. the first beat or two of the scene. Well, let's listen. Should we listen to that? Should we just listen to the beginning of Act sure. 2? It's just going to be a little bit of orchestral stuff, Pat. Does that suit you? Yes, it does. Just to kind of set the scene. Just assume that they're... Happy there, and uh, Grieu is uh, writing a letter. Mm. Young love, Rue Vivian. So you want to know about this letter that he's writing? Yes. He's writing to his father. Mm-hmm. And why do you suppose he'd be writing to his father? To ask for money. More important than that. Mm. To ask permission to marry his <gasps> beloved. Really? Yes. They this both know serious. that's not going to go well. Oh, yes. They're shacked up after all, mm-hmm. as you say. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, baby got it bad. Yeah. He's in deep. And, and he is of this noble class and he Mm -hmm. wants to do the noble and correct thing. But in his heart of hearts, he knows that this is not going to be popular with Papa. Mm -mm. No, not going to be popular with his father at all. So he's writing to his father and he's saying, father, I'm in love with this woman. She's so beautiful and young and lovely. That's right. And the love is real. He mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. he knows the father isn't going to approve, but he's he's doing it anyway. And he writes the letter and, and she and she sings, isn't enough for you that we both love each other. And he says, no, it's not enough. I want you to be my wife. <gasps> really? So, yeah. Yeah. He, he wants to. I mean, he is still of his class. He sure. Right. Yeah. He wants and, you know, and, and he also wants to. um you know, if he marries her, it gets her out of a position of shame. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's not going to go real well. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Um, and uh, there are people who come to visit them. The three ladies? 
let's listen to our next song, shall we? Yes. And who is that? This is uh, Kidonk, ce premier empereur tapage, je pense. <laughs> what on earth could be making such a racket? There's noise outside. So let's find out what's making all this noise, or let's listen to the noise, and then we'll find out about it. All right, so you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and this is Manon by Jules Massenet, and the track is called Qui donc se permet un pareil tapage? Más o menos, right? Right. What's that racket? there huh little <laughs> so Lescaut Lescaut finds them in their happy little flat in Paris in their little lover's flat yes he does and he's like what's going on here yeah he's he's like you have besmirched the family reputation Ooh, there's besmirched that's such a good word never mind me and my gambling and my drinking <laughs> you young lady are all the problem <laughs> you've brought dishonor on our house that's right that's right and so that the yelling, the two male voices yelling, that's Lescaut, the cousin, and uh, Descrieux, Chevalier Descrieux, 
the lover. Mm-hmm. And they are they are having it out. And there's another voice who pops in occasionally, and that's a uh, Manon. Well, yes, but I I was thinking of uh, De Pretigny. Oh, yeah. so now is he running with men? With uh, he's just hanging out. Yeah, so he's with Lescaut. He's with Lescaut. So De Bretigny, the the younger rake, yeah. is now yeah chummy. Yeah, he is. He is. He's there as a buddy of Lescaut to help him out. Okay, with everything that's going on and. Um, it, again, high drama. She's and she knows she's you know not behaved as she's expected to behave. Right. And she's you know and and Dugria is trying to fix it all by writing this letter to his father. Right. So that he can marry her because if he marries her, no more problem. Right. 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 But it's not going to work out that way. No. You want to know why? Why? Because Dugria's father has a has a different plan. Scheme, shall we say? Really? Yes, indeed. Uh, and in fact, uh, when De Gourier, uh when the Chevalier, the young lover, leaves the room, he lets Manon know about this plan. Oh wait, the dad is there? No, no, no. The dad's not there, but they know what the dad's plan is. Oh, uh, uh, Lescaut does, and the de mm-hmm. Brittany, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the two young, and they gamblers. tell Manon. What the plan is. Do you want to know the yes, plan? Yes, I want to know. What is the plan? They're going to kidnap. The father is going to have his son kidnapped. Ah. The Count is like, I, I'm not putting up with him, shacking up with this girl. Not happening. Simply not happening. And he is going to arrange to have them abducted. This hasn't happened yet, but de Bretigny tells Manon the score. This is what's going to happen. Right. Your lover's going to be abducted. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. He goes, so I have an idea. What? Pretty young thing. Why don't you just come with me? I've got money. I can show you way nicer apartment than this one in Paris. And she's like, no, that, wait, what? Is he's going to be abducted anyway? So that's probably my best. So here she is. And just about the time you kind of want to be sympathetic. This is my feeling, by the way. Sure. Just about the time you kind of want to be sympathetic and like this, she's like, she just hops onto a different bo- boat, gives up on. She's like, mm, okay, all right. Well, if he's, you know, if he's not going to be here anyway, I might as well figure out what my best option is. Right. And um, and he says, now listen, when you see Douglas, you can't let on because it'll the just abduction. make things worse. Right. And um, so there's this period of time. When she has a, this, and this is, by the way, one of the the, the uh, most beloved pieces in this opera. When she she reflects on the lovely life they've had together in their little apartment in Paris, and but she knows it's all coming to an end. She hasn't told him that because he's about to be kidnapped you know, by his thrown own father. In the back of a coach, um, and so uh, we can just go on up and hear Manon. She's got a couple of songs here that blend together, but um, the most famous one is Adieu, Notre Petite Table. In other words, goodbye, little table. Our little table that we used to share together. And she's saying goodbye to the apartment, goodbye to their blissful, innocent life. And she's, you know, choosing to move on to this other life with another fellow. Um, no, she really still loves Cleo, 
But hey, what can she do? She sees the writing on the wall, and she's not uh, gonna. Yeah, they've all just been screwed. You heard. You've, let the grass all just grow been screaming at each feet. other. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna. She's gonna do what she has to do to survive. At least that's what she's telling herself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's listen to that then. So this is Manon singing "Adieu Notre Petite Table" on Opera for Everyone on eighty-nine one KHOL. So that was Manon. Yeah. She's saying goodbye to our little table. She's good or goodbye to our old life, really. <laughs> Reminds me of that scene in The Jerk. Remember that Steve Martin movie? I never saw that one. What? Where he's like leaving and he's like, all I need is this chair. <laughs> all I need is this remote control. This thermos. Is that the one that inspires the picture for the movie or the, the, you know, on the poster of the movie where he's like holding all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's the scene where he's like, I'm, I don't need you. I just need this thermos. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay. So she's like, goodbye, little table. I'm out. Yes. And then right at the end, um, De Grier returns. Her, her BF. And she kind her of. Her bae. Her boyfriend. Her, yeah. Her soon to be former boyfriend. And she she sort of says to herself, oh, it's him. Don't let my don't let my pallor, my you know, don't let my face betray me. Mm-hmm. So because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. I don't know. She ring the I, alarm I don't get or it whatever. Completely. I don't get it. It's opera, Pat. You're not supposed to understand okay, it. OK, there we go. Just yes. suspension of disbelief. She's wearing a mustache. <laughs> and she's a totally different person. 
And he has no idea. And he's so desperately in love that he's angering his father to write to him. To say, I'm going to marry this girl. To say, please allow me to marry this girl. And she's, you know, bought everything that her cousin and uh, his pal have told her. And she's preparing to go off with his pal. And so um, Guya speaks to her a little bit longer and talks of his love and how their life is going to be wonderful together because he's dreaming that perhaps the father will say yes. Yeah. and um, But he's not going to. She's got to know that. Yeah. And Manon is saying, it's only a dream. It's a folly. And he says, oh, no, no. Our life is going to be wonderful, Manon. And then there's a knock at the door. <gasps> and she's, you know, terrified. Oh, no. Already. Um, and, and she, you know, he he goes to it. And he leaves, and he's abducted. And that's the end, and that's how Act 2 ends? is He's just abducted. He's abducted. All right. Well, let's listen to that, then. And we'll... she says, oh, my poor Chevalier. <laughs> Suddenly, like, like I had, I, I, you know, oh, what a surprise. <laughs> mm. So should we listen to that? Wrap up the end of Act Two and the end of the first hour with just Manon and and her boyfriend talking about how you know it's going to be amazing. All the while she knows that he's going to be abducted and they're going to not be together. Yep. Derp, 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 derp. All right, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on eighty nine one KHO. Well, then we're going to wrap up the first hour of our show with the end of Act 2 in Manon by Jules Massenet on 89.1 KHOL. Je ne le pas. Pourquoi 
listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, and me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back to the second half of Manon by Jules Massinet here on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Pat Wright. I'm Keely Heron, and you're listening to another episode of Opera Opera for Everyone. 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 One, one. Everyone. (laughs) So nerdy. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) So, Keely. Yes, Pat. We're just past the halfway point. Oh, no. You know what that means. Put on your opera helmet. We do have some opera helmets in the studio today. Do you think that that would make me smarter? They might not hit over the headphones. That's true. All right. So, opera helmet quiz. We are set in France outside of Paris in the early 1800s, sort of 1721. However, other stagings of Manon have been set in a more timeless fashion. But nevertheless, that's where we're set. And uh, a young ingenue 
a, a maid fair and lovely from sort of, you know, presumably the, the, countryside. the countryside, the bucolic countryside has been sent by her family to live in a convent and her chaperone, whom she encounters sort of midway on her journey um, at an inn somewhere outside of Paris, uh, her chaperone is Lescaux. Her cousin. Her cousin, who is presumably not that much older than her and is a bit of a gambler and a drunk. Uh, but he's a good guy. But he's a gambler and a drunk. And she is left alone by him. And he says, just sit and stay and don't talk to anybody, especially the guy with the, with the coach who's old and fancies you. And she's like, okay. Um, and then she's sitting there and then these three ladies come up and they're gorgeous and beautiful and fun and, and they're chatting. And while they're chatting, this handsome prince arrives, well, no, nobleman, the Chevalier de Grieux. And uh, while her chaperone, uh, Lescaux, is carousing and gambling, she encounters this man and they instantly fall in love. And then he says, let's run away together to Paris and be together and we'll, you know, we're in love and, and everything will be great. So they abscond in the old rakes, uh, Guillaume, the, the old guy, oh, the old rich guy who said like, hey, Manon, you're cute. Come and get in my creeper van. And she's like, no. But then he goes off, presumably to gamble with Lescaux, right? I mean, they're, he's carousing. And uh, so she and the Chevalier de, de Grieux, they leave in the creeper van. It's really a coach, right? Like <laughs> it's a, really a carriage, yes. Right, like a, with <laughs> we, horses we and stuff. We just decided to call it the creeper van. <laughs> right. So they leave and they go to Paris and they're there and they're love, they love each other. And then he's writing a letter to his father to say, I'm in love with this girl and she's not a, a, a noble woman, but I love her and she's great. And... Um, while he's writing that letter, there's a knock at the door, and it's Lescaux, and he's found her, and he says, you've brought dishonor on our family, and P.S., here's uh, my friend de Bretigny, who she met briefly at the inn, and he's like, hey, girl, hey. He's like, what are you doing with this guy? I'm awesome, and you should come and be with me, and I'll give you an even better life in Paris. And oh, by the way, don't tell your boyfriend, but there's a plot that his dad made to come and kidnap him. So you can't be with him anyway. So why don't you just hop in my ride and whatever. And she's like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then Griot, her boyfriend, her bae comes back and he's like, Mano, things are going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And she's like, uh-huh. And then there's a knock at the door and scene. <laughs> and he's abducted. She and he's abducted. She, he, he, she sees it out the window yep, and, and he's gone. And, and at the end, and she says, oh, my poor Chevalier. Oh, dear. Here I go off to get give it this other guy. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's you little don't little like her. Rough. You're I, having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. I, you know, I was with her when she ditched the terrible chaperone and ran off with the love of her life. But I'm not she with her. She seems like an opportunist. She does. I mean, she's she's terribly naive. She's very young and very naive. And I mean, even at the end, she's deeply naive about the everything world. and the world. Yeah. Even when I mean, she she can no lo longer be considered an ingenue because she's been 
living with this guy in his apartment in Paris, but uh, she's naive. Yeah. She just thinks like, okay, well, if that's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go do this other thing that looks fun right now. Yeah, it's it's complicated. It is complicated. There are the societal strictures that she's, you know, railing against. And and de, uh, Grieux, in his way, the Chevalier, is also railing against the, the societal structures. Yeah, pressures. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's start on Act Three, shall we? Yes. So we begin Act Three. Where are we now? We're we're hanging out. We're taking the air. We're having a little bit of a walk along the promenade, mm-hmm. and we've got all kinds of people walking, and we've got merchants selling various wares, and everyone's having a lovely time. In fact, um, our first song we're going to start with my my favorite trio. The ladies. The ladies. The ladies. And what a charming promenade. Oh, yeah, this is a great song. All yes. right. Well, let's listen to that. So this is Poussette, Javotte, and Rosette, uh, our three, well, mezzo-sopranos and sopranos, and they are singing Le Charmante Promenade. So let's have a listen to that on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I just love those three. So pretty. Yeah, so those are our lovely young actresses out enjoying the day with everyone. In Paris. In Paris, and there are people buying la, things, la, selling la, la, things, la. showing off their pretty clothes. Like a spring day in Paris. And we we have Lescaut appears on the scene. Some and time has passed, by the way. Mm. Some significant time has so passed. So we're presuming that uh, Manon is with uh, the young the young Rake de Bradigny. Yeah, we won't. We won't have to presume for very long. Okay, so we find but, out later. But we find out quite shortly what she's been up to. And mm. uh, Lescaut, meanwhile, comes and he's he's having a lovely time. He's purchasing things for some friends do, of do, his. Do, do, do. And um, and he sees uh, Rosalinda 
And he has, I love this little serenade that he does to her. Very flirtatious. He's having a lovely day on the promenade. Let's go. Je ferai un bijou pour deux baisers. I'll give a jewel for a kiss. Well, now, I don't think anyone's going to accept that offer. So he gets to keep his jewel. <laughs> Poor Lesko. All right, so he's like, oh, la, 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 oh, la, Rosalinda, you're so pretty. I want to kiss you. He's having fun. And uh, and then our old friend, Guillaume. You remember Guillaume? He's the old guy. He's the old guy. The mm-hmm. old, very rich guy. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up um, in company with uh, the three. Or he oh. hang, goes and hangs out with the three He's like women. Hugh. He's like half with his ladies. He's like, I'm going to show up with these three ladies. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm I like a rich I'm guy. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, um there <laughs> Pat's like I'm gonna leave that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So, you know, they're not they're not deeply impressed by him, but they do like what his money can buy. Sure. Well, you know, good time Charlie. Yeah. Good yeah. time Guillaume. 
And so everyone's just having a flat out lovely time in the sunshine on the mm. promenade. Do you think they're drinking white wine and eating baguettes? I think they're walking too much to be to be carrying that. And they're carrying packages of things that they're buying. I think maybe that's on the next stop. That's the next stop. Okay. Would be would the be bar. My guess. The un brasserie. Peut-être. Yes. Peut All right. <laughs> Um, at any rate, uh, everyone's having a lovely time, much singing, much happiness, and there's a there's a stir in the crowd, and they're like, "Well, who's that? Yeah, who's that? And who do you suppose shows up at this point? I'm gonna guess Manon. You're gonna guess right. Manon is going to show up on the promenade, mm -hmm. looking ravishing, by the way. Because it turns oh. out when your boyfriend's got a lot of money, mm -hmm. you can dress real nice. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's just a... And she's a stunner. She's a stunner. Like, what a what princess is that? They all... And, you know, it's, you know, to the consternation of some of the other ladies who are trying to get attention. Mm -hmm. uh, and she just swans in and the men just drop their Google. jaws. They, they just do. googly eyes. They do. They go a little wishy-washy with mm -hmm. her. And um, she's clearly with Bretagne, mm -hmm. who's looking pretty smart himself. And Manon sings what, what I have decided to call Manon's Manifesto. Her so statement we on how life should be lived. I see. Well, that sounds very compelling. Don't you think so? I would like to listen to that I one. I would like to listen to it, too. And she, she wants to say... Always obey the tender call of love. Huh. And she's going to give you a few more details on that. But always obey. That, that's the, uh, the title, such as it is, of this song. All right. Well, here's Manon's Manifesto. And it's, it's, she's singing it. Well, that's what I've decided to call it. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I'm on board with that. Okay. And there's a little bit of male chorus backing her up, of course, as they swoon and hang on her every word. Super. All right, let's listen to that. So this is Obeissons quand le voix appelle, Obey the Call of Love. And this is Manon telling us who she is and what she believes in Manon by Jules Massenet on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
So that's Manon telling Manon. us what she's all about. What do you think? Obey the call of love. Well, she's got a lovely voice. Yeah, she says, let's take advantage of youth. Days that spring provides. Let's love, let's laugh, and sing without stopping. Well, you can't really argue with that. Yes, let's take full advantage of the youth. That's what the male chorus chimes in. And she's, she just says, let's just have fun. Take it. Life is short. Let's enjoy it. Well, that's easy to say when you have a rich boyfriend. And she does, and she, she does. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> roll with that then. Um, well, it's interesting because the story's not over. No. <laughs> There's more to come. Um, and uh, and uh, she turns to Bretigny, and she's, she's talking with him and clearly not really in love with him. Kind of just... Along for the ride. Along for the ride, allowing him to uh, do things to help her. Um, and Bretigny looks over and sees a very distinguished man. Who he recognizes. Who he recognizes. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, aren't you the Count de Greer? Mm -hmm. In other words, the father of, of the Chevalier. Her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> the one, as you may recall. He abducted. Had his son abducted. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so he says, oh, you're the Comte de Grieux. Uh so how's your son doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and de Bretigny remembers the one who told Manon. Right. That her lover was about to be abducted. Right. Uh, so do you think that uh, the Count knows who Manon is? In this scene, it becomes clear that he does. I see, okay. She's not entirely clear. That he knows right. who she is, but, okay. but he does know who she mm -hmm. is. Um, well, anyway, when Bretigny asks the Count, how's your son doing? You know, how's the Chevalier de Creux? He goes, oh, he's not Chevalier anymore. He's Abbe. Oh. Which we alluded to at the beginning right. of the show. In other words, he's he's taken holy orders. He's a priest. Wow. Yeah, big change. He, yeah, wow, okay. Yep. Yep. If he couldn't have Manon, he was like, I'm just going to go join the... Right. And we're, we're, we're talking about Catholics here. So joining the priesthood means celibacy, of right. course. Um, and, uh, yeah, he has he's explaining that, no, his son is no longer out and about Nobility. in the world. Nobility. He's, he's in the seminary. Yeah. He's, he's, he's abbe. All right. So, um, and and the reason why the Count knows is is he, he sees this stunning woman who's right. obviously waiting on Bretigny, and Bret, Bret, Bretigny confirms, yes, that's Manon. Right. And he's like, yeah, I thought I saw her on uh, my son's Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> Do you want to hear a little bit from the Count? Sure. So this is uh, the the Comte de Chevalier, the father of Manon's ex, who he did not approve of the relationship, so he had his son abducted, and now he's entering the seminary, and he's going to talk about... And the Count is a very distinguished gentleman, not to be trifled with. He's a base. <laughs> it's all about that base. All right, well, let's listen to him. Uh, and this is called Faut-il donc savoir tant de choses must you know so many things? On Opera for Everyone on 
KHOL. So you hear not just the count there, you also hear Manon. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a tender, sweet, sad moment. So she's under the impression that uh, he does not know who she is, but she does. He does know that she is Manon because she comes and says, oh, I heard you you speaking about someone who is in love. In love with whom? She goes, oh, in love with a friend of mine. A friend of mine. He was in love with a friend of mine. So um, there's that farce going on. And... Uh, and so she's inquiring, well, how's he doing? Is he sad? Does he hate my her? friend? Yeah. And and basically the, the father, the count, says, oh, well, he, he weeps in silence. In other words, he's, he's taken it like a man. Um, and this is crushing her because she, of course, wants him to be devastated that right. he's without her. It's, it's all very... She's not very nice. She's naive and self-centered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's naive and self-centered. And so um, she's basically at the end of all this, once the Count leaves, she says to herself, he's forgotten about me. I mean, A, that was the idea with the abduction. B, she kind of moved on. But this is not going to sit well with her. It's not kind to her vanity to be forgotten. So then what happens? (laughs) Well, then... (laughs) We have a little bit of a little bit of lightness for the mood, and we get Bretagne and Guyot enter the scene. Oh, well, they're fun. They're good time Charlies. They are good time Charlies. And um, uh, Guyot is teasing Bretagne that uh, his lover, Manon, 
who loves all things pretty and fun, mm-hmm. had asked him to bring the uh, ballet to their home for a performance, and he refused her. He's like, how could you refuse her anything? She's wonderful. And he's like, dude, seriously? Bring the ballet home for a performance? It's like, well, you got to take care of your lady. So they're kind of poking fun at each other. And... Um, and Guyot is thinking, yep, I think it's about time for me to steal Manon away from oh. Bretagne. You know, after all, she's right. left one guy for another. Why not right. leave another guy yeah, for well, me? Yeah, well, and it's clear that she doesn't really love him anyway. So, like, Guyot's like, hey, I'm old and rich. Like, That's right. That's right. And so, guess what uh, Bretagne, excuse me, guess what Guyot does? He makes her a cake. Even better. He hires the ballet. Uh. And and it is so fun because um you know that there in in many operas there's a tradition of having a ballet in the middle of an yes. opera. Mm-hmm. And in fact this one is is called out as such because it's and it's literally one of the characters hiring the ballet corps to come and dance to impress this woman that he's trying to steal away. It was like, well, you wouldn't hire the ballet for her, so <laughs> Remember, I've got more money than anyone. Right. So I'm going to hire the ballet, and um, and they're going to come dance for her, just for her, and all these other people are here, too, so they can and watch. And is he, he going to, like, lock Brittany in the closet or something? Or no, they're still, like, out, they're still hey. out on the promenade. They're okay. still out, out enjoying the fresh air, and the ballet dance, dancers come in. Um, but Outside on the promenade? Uh-huh. Oh. And so let's listen to the, the crowd being completely excited that the opera is here and it's time for the, the ballet is here. The opera ballet is here. Okay. And um, and it's just sort of a little bit of a joke to, to, to announce in a song the opera ballet is here because after all, it's the opera ballet. Et voici l'opera ballet. L'opera ballet, <laughs> um, and it and it proceeds yeah. with uh, with four different you know bits of ballet. 
So we got some work for the ballet dancers here. So when you saw this in San Francisco, Pat, was there ballet? In yes. The, yeah, was it lovely? Yes, it was lovely. Of course it was lovely. Oh. Yeah, it, it's very fun. It's very, very fun. Um, because we're about to get serious. However, I need to just tie that one little thread together. Mm -hmm. So uh, 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 Guyot has gone to this enormous expense and trouble to put on this spectacle to impress Manon mm -hmm. that he's the guy since she's proven herself someone who wants to kind of keep moving she's up in climber. the world. Um, and, but remember what Manon's state of mind is at this point, right? What's she's she She's got a narcissistic wound. She's wounded because the uh, the love that she ran away for initially <clears throat> maybe has moved on with his life. Yeah. She's not real comfortable Because now that. he's not just her bae, he's an abbe. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> right? That's right. And so it, it's all of this, and everyone's so excited and so impressed, and, and Guillaume is feeling very proud of himself for having done this. So he's like, turns to Manon, he's like, so baby, what'd you think? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm sorry, what? Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't even paying attention. Oh, what a bummer. So he's not very happy. Bummer for him. He's pretty unhappy. He's He's been totally dismissed by her. He, d he did this grand, grand gesture, and she just... She's like, what? Wasn't paying any attention at all. She had other things on her mind. And that's the end of the first scene of the third act. Mm -hmm. And the second scene, by the way, my heart goes out to the people who had to do the scenery for this opera because it changes dramatically often. Really? Well, now we are in. So we go from this like idyllic, you know, s spring day maybe out in. Uh, We're inside the a church now. Oh, but is it a nice church? Well, it is a nice church, but but it's it's kind of a it, it's a it's a real contrast. It's not another it's not a very um, highly decorated church. Mm, it's kind of somber. They're they they're because they're showing a big contrast because this is the life that Dugria has oh, are we going to visit into. him in the in yes. the seminary. Yes, actually, what's what's lovely is it doesn't start by focusing on him. It starts by all the women parishioners leaving and coming out, and they're all swooning about what a fabulous, um, what a fabulous sermon he'd just given, what a fabulous speech, oh. how eloquent, how so. The, and it's just the entire female chorus of as many women as they can muster in the opera company who come out and they sing about how fabulous Ducrie is. And it's, it's, I, I love this. This is very charming, I think. And so this is the, the chorus of all the women that have just heard his. Yes, what eloquence. Ooh, listen to that. You're in a church. All You're right. From the organ. All right, let's listen to that on KHOL 89.1.
what eloquence. They adore him. Like, listen to him all day. Well, right. he's probably cute. He's very cute. Of and he's, he's a priest. Cute. And so they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Every single parishioner is female, though. We note. Mm. At any rate, um, then as as they're leaving, guess who shows up? His dad. You're right. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. His dad shows up and he's like, yeah, great, good. You can talk. Wonderful. See, you would think because he's away from Manon mm -hmm. and safe from other women who might try to, you know, change his Win life his course. affection. Uh, you would think the father might be happy, but he's not because he has no intention for his son to be a priest because to be a priest is to not carry on the family name. And I mean, it's a perfectly acceptable occupation if you're a second or third son, but he has... Oh, is he greater, the only son? Well, they don't go into details, but he I'm assuming because he, he he's annoyed that he's chosen the priesthood. He needs the son to carry on the family. Right. So that is not spoken about, but but that would be an assumption you'd make. Mm -hmm. um, so he's he's annoyed with his son. He's like, "Oh, you're just hiding away. Like you think this is how you solve things? Don't don't be ridiculous." Mm -hmm. But uh, the young de Degria remains firm mm -hmm. and says, "Nope, this is what I need to do. This is the right thing." And you can tell he's still struggling against his passion and his love for Manon. Yeah, I know. It's a little sad. Mm. <laughs> Kelly has on her sad face. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> um, but the Count says to his son that heaven, after all, asks no more of us than to do our duty. And then just to, to, to like stick a knife in and twist it with the son, he says, after all, virtue that makes a spectacle of itself is no virtue at all. It's like you, you think you're being all virtuous by becoming a priest and praying all day and giving sermons. He says, you're not doing your duty. Your duty is to your family. Oh, well, that's an interesting way. So yeah. what what was the line? Virtue for display or? Virtue that makes a spectacle itself is, is no, no virtue, virtue at all. all. I'm going to tuck that one away for, okay. for later. Well, I, you know, it's, it's complicated because everybody's got their own motives here. But... Uh, but the Count wants his son to, to be a good son mm -hmm. and take on the, the responsibilities of the family. Uh, De Grieux, the chevalier, the, or the former chevalier, the young one, uh, or shall we say De Grieux, the priest, um, he, <laughs> he doesn't budge. He says, no, this is what I want. Father's like, well, very well. And uh, he's leaving. He's absolutely leaving. And... De Clios has has a bit where he sings, I you know, I'm alone, I'm finally alone, and he's we get to hear him verbalize some of his passion for Manon that he's trying to keep on the down low. Tamped down or mm -hmm. trying to deny to himself. And of course now it's time for another visitor. Manon. The woman herself. <gasps> yes. Really? She shows up at the at the uh church? At the church. She does. She absolutely does. And she is... Um, this seems like a bad scene. This just seems like a bad idea. Because it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm good that we agree well, on that. It, I mean, it depends what you 
what you want for our characters, right? It's sort of hard to know now. Everybody's made such a muddle and a mess of things. You know, at this stage, what do you really want for them? Mm -hmm. Like, is he going to find peace as a priest or not? Would he be better off to just do it as father says? Will he be better off back in the arms of this young woman who Ugh. has not proved herself to be very... I mean, it's complicated. Yeah, it's true. It's very complicated. And so... The heart wants what it wants. Yes. And sometimes that means destruction. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she she shows up and he is shocked. He does not expect her to appear. Mm-hmm. He's shocked and he's angry and he tells her to leave. Oh, really? And they are essentially, he's trying, you know, he's because he's worked so hard to move on with life, to to carry on. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, even after he'd been abducted and his father's like, look, look at what that woman is. Right. right? Because she's, she went off with that yeah, other man Yeah, she didn't instantly. waste a minute. So that, so that she made it very easy for the father to prove his point about sure. what, how worthless she was. So he's, you know, and he's picked the route that he thinks is going to keep his sanity. And, and and there she is. And he's angry. And she pulls at the hem of his garments and she, you know, begs him, She's pleads begging. with him. Like, this is my hand. Doesn't it remind you of when we used to Ugh. touch? And she, and she just doesn't let up. It is, it, is, it is strong. It is intense. And it ends, of course, with a duel. With him giving in oh. and saying, yes, I've always loved you. Blah. I've always loved you. I've Blah. always wanted you. And, um, yeah. And they're clearly just about back. Um, in fact, it might be lovely to hear a little bit of her song of seduction. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that one. All right. So this is Manon trying to get her way with her... Her ex. She's yeah. trying to get, get him back. And and she does. sense of the tender pleading from Manon. She's very convincing, I must say. Well, that's part of the reason for the success that she has. She's convincing, she's lovely, yeah. she's I think she's I think she's self-absorbed and naive. Right. But okay. I said that already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so she's like, hey, let's he get back together. In. He gives in. 
And our very next scene, or our next act, I should say, act four, our, our, we have two more acts to go, but they're very short. The next one is set in a gambling hall, a very fashionable I gambling hall. I bet Lascaux hall. shows up. <laughs> why, why ever would you think that? Because he likes to gamble. <laughs> yes, and so, in fact, um, Lascaux is, is there right in the beginning. There's The room is filled with gamblers, and Lascaux is... is you know, having a wonderful time with it all. And um, we have we have him, or the chorus actually, saying to him and it to everyone else that a careless gambler relies on luck, but a wise one masters his art. We know how to correct for fortune's mistakes. So that sounds a little not on the up and up. But, but very interesting. Very interesting. And in this, in this gambling hall, we have um, Guillaume shows up, of course. I mean, the usual cast Good of time, characters. Good time, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, the usual cast of characters uh, shows up. And uh, Guillaume is there. Uh, Lescaut is there. The, the three actresses are there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're waiting to see who wins, to see who's going to get who's their gonna, attention who's going to who's going to pick up their tab <laughs> exactly exactly um but uh we have an entrance like a beautiful grand impressive stop everything entrance by Manon and Degria who's now looking dapper not wearing his priestly robes anymore oh of course cuz he's succumbed to her seductive ways mm mm-hmm. mhm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Guillaume, uh, or excuse me, De Clio is kind of saying to himself uh, as he's coming in, like, oh, this is a bad idea. I just didn't have the courage to say no to her. How could I say no to her? Um, and Guillaume, Guillaume is like, remember, he had the carriage. He brought in the ballet. He's done all this stuff to try to win her over. And he's he's furious. And right now, the person he's furious at is Deglia because he is with Manon. Because right. he thinks, it's my turn, buddy. Like, no, you don't get a second time. It's my turn. Ugh. And he's going to cause trouble. Huh. And he, in fact, um, invites Deglia to gamble with him. And Manon... Well, can you even imagine what Manon's response to that would be? That sounds like a bad idea because I'm not the center of attention. No, she's, that sounds like a good idea because we need money. How can I live the life I want to live if we don't have money? Yeah, go in there, gamble, get us some money. That's what happens. Weird. Yeah, I know. It's it's really it's really rough. And in fact, we hear um, De Clio sings a song where he says, oh, you know, I love you. I hate you. You are the eternal woman. You have an appetite for gold and for pleasure, but it's insatiable. You're so foolish, and yet I love you. And so he's got all these conflicted emotions trying to please her, knowing that her choices are poor, mm-hmm. knowing that she's greedy and self-indulgent. Um, but there it is. He, he doesn't, he, he's already made the decision to give in to her. And so right. he's trying to please her. Well, should we so, listen to that? So, yeah, let's listen to a little bit of that. Okay, so that, that would be uh, 
Manon Sphinx étonnement. I think. Give it a go. Yeah. All right, let's just try. We'll see what happens. Astonishing Sphinx. Yeah, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Listening to Declia speaking, you could hear the singing. We could hear the pain in his voice. Yeah, he is he is terribly tortured. Um, and and then as we go on, he gets some advice from Lescaut, mm-hmm. Manon's cousin. <laughs> yeah, that that fabulous guy. He's like, yeah, Manon, she doesn't like being poor, my friend. So just remember that when you're making your decisions, right? So that's helpful. And uh, and then Manon sings to herself, I am drunk with the excitement. The gambling excitement is overtaking her. Um, and and Lascaux even counsels Deglia, hey, don't worry about it. You're a beginner. Luck always favors beginners. You'll be fine. It's it's the experienced gamblers who, you know, their luck runs out. You'll be fine, he says. This so is you, not, I don't feel good about this. Yeah, so... Manon is excited about like the possibility of the, all the money she's going to win with her new lover. Weird. The sexy Chevalier. Right. And um, and there's a wonderful song here. Let's listen to this one um, where she she and the three actresses are singing about the excitement of the games and all the good things that can come from that. Oh, my God. 
Well, the ladies are all excited with the gambling. They're Sounds lo- like it. Looking forward to the excitement, and uh, and interestingly, turns out Lescaut is right, and beginner's luck does smile on Degria, and he wins, and he wins, and he wins some more, and as you can imagine, Manon's excitement builds and builds and builds, builds and builds, and and uh, Degria is thrilled with himself because he's pleased his lady love. Mm-hmm. It's all going so well. And then something bad is going to happen. And then something bad happens. Because remember the person he's gambling with. Is Lisco? No, is Guyot. Oh, the old guy. The old guy. Uh-huh. Who thinks it's his turn right. to be with Manon. Oh. And he becomes enraged. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're not going to get away with this. You're a cheat. You're cheating at gambling. And I'm going to go get the authorities. And he leaves, and Manon says to uh, Desgrieux, who's just told her, well, we better get out of here if he's going to be like sick. She's, she says, we need to leave. And he says, no, 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 I can't leave because it'll be like admitting guilt. Oh. And so they stay. And the police come. And take him away. And they're, they're arrested. And, the, of course, the count shows up at this point. Like, why the count shows up in the gambling hall is not clear to me. But he does. Mm-hmm. And he turns to his son. He says, you are my son. I will get you off. Because he's sure an important guy. And he yep. can do that. And he, like, looks at disparagingly at Manon. But her? I'd do nothing for her. Right? Nothing. So the two of them are arrested. And you know that... that Deglia, the man, the young man of the wealthy, important father, is going to be let off. Not so for Manon. Mm. And that's the end of Act 4. And scene. Yeah, that's the end of Act 4. And then we move on to Act 5. And Act 5 is is very bleak. Ooh. In Act 5, she's she's being marched. Is she in jail? Well, she's she's in a prison gang being um, transported. Gang. They're they're transporting. I mean, ultimately, she's to be deported to Louisiana. Like in the States? Yeah. Well, it wasn't the States then, but it was a colony of France at the time. Well, that seems crazy. No, no, it's actually not unusual for the European countries to deport criminals. To the colonies. To the colonies. Because they have to populate them. Well, and in fact, the, um, the original book... That was that was the basis of this. Mm-hmm. She dies in Louisiana, is where she ends her story. Huh. She's on her way to a boat that would take her to Louisiana in this final scene. I see. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because it was a French colony at the time. Right. Okay. And so she's on her way. And um, before she, we see her in the scene, we see Desgrieux with Lescaut. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Okay, let's go. You've got the men. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, stage a rescue here." And Lascaux's like, "Uh, sorry, dude. I I didn't have enough money. The guys were scared because like the soldiers are really well armed, and I got nothing." Right. He's like, "But you've got some money, right?" And Deglia says, "Yeah, I've got a little money." So he takes the money from Deglia, and when they they march all the women prisoners in, he basically pays off the guards to leave her behind. So they don't, uh, they don't fight her out. But at this point, it's been a rough go for her. She looks 
terrible. She's bedraggled. She's starving. She's exhausted. And we have a tender scene. Do you want me to just race to the end here and then we can listen to the pretty music? Yeah, do it. They have this tender scene where they both, you know, he's he's done this heroic thing of trying to rescue her. Right. And she acknowledges to the extent she's able her flaws and faults in terms of not being true to him all the way through. Um, So they basically have this tender reunion. And he's like, oh, great. We're going to go have this fabulous life together we've always wanted. And she's like, I don't feel so good. Yeah. So she's exhausted and she basically does the long operatic death scene. She dies. She dies. Oh, gosh. And the final words of the opera. (gasps) And so ends the story of of Manon Manon Lescaut. Lescaut. It's opera. Yeah, it's sad. People die. It is sad. (laughs) People die. And they sing really well right before they die. While they're dying. Which is amazing. Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.